Thought Bubble Audio. Kirsty and I'm Kelsey and it's time to hate watch with us welcome to our show about the things we love and the things we hate and the things we love to hate primarily the things we love this is all about <laughs> the things that we love and you know what we love what do we love we love infrastructure and you know what else we love what's that we love Demi yeah <laughs> and surprisingly we love Heathrow Airport when we're not traveling through it correct <laughs> A very important caveat. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, this week, we are doing our long-awaited wrap-up to Dad Month, which which was <laughs> Dad this is Month, like such a protracted joke at this point that I don't even know like who it's for anymore. <laughs> I know. Anyway, we found this show because we wanted to talk about our mom, Julie Walters, after we spent some time with her on Coastal Railways. Yep. And we learned that she was the narrator for this show called Britain Heathrow, Britain's Busiest Airport. Yep. <laughs> uh, and so we decided we had to go on that journey, obviously. And here we are, um, huge fans of... Heathrow huge Britain's busiest airport. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely huge fans. You know, doing this podcast has been interesting in a lot of different ways in like shaping my media diet, as it were, and like changing my opinion of things. Mm -hmm. I never thought I'd become an infrastructure stan, though. Like I had no idea <laughs> that I was like so enthralled to transportation. No, but then here it is. Here it is. You know, we all talk about, like, children going through their, like, vehicle phase. Well, mm -hmm. I'm in my vehicle phase. <laughs> Unfortunately, this didn't actually coordinate with your child's vehicle phase. No. <laughs> no. That would have been too easy. Although what's really funny is that she's now in her Paw Patrol phase. Mm -hmm. And Paw Patrol is essentially about municipal infrastructure. I thought it was about... All well, each of the dogs does a different service <laughs> in Adventure Bay. There's like a police dog and a fire dog and a recycling dog and oh, okay. a girl dog. There's I'm a Coast Guard you dog. Allow Paw Patrol to exist in your home. <laughs> I, you know, I have a lot of feelings about Paw Patrol, but this is not a Paw Patrol episode. <laughs> Fair. Uh, this is an airport episode. Yeah, it and is. so. Yeah, we're going to be talking about Heathrow, Britain's busiest airport, the show, and the airport. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, surprisingly, the thing I have the least amount to say about is our mom, Julie Walters. <laughs> yeah, I think there's been like three or four different narrators. Um, and, you know, she does a good job as always. She gets into it. She gets a little quippy, but like... It wasn't like Coastal Railways, where she is, like, truly a character front and center of the infrastructure. Yeah. Like, I'm thrilled that this is paying her bills. Yeah. Thrilled to have her there. Uh, the only I watched one season. We should probably clarify. Kirstie's watched, like, snippets of several seasons. This has been yeah, on for, I've like, seven or eight seasons. Yeah, i like, four, I think. Mm-hmm. I've um, only seen, like, the... Yeah. I think the most recent season in full. Yep. Yeah. I've seen... 
two seasons pre-COVID and two seasons post-COVID. And I think mm. there's six-ish seasons total. Something like that, yeah. Something like that. So we, we've had slightly different experiences. But yeah, Julie Walters is like the most current host, narrator. And she's delightful, but that's really all I have to say. <laughs> yeah. Like, never mad to see her there. Yep. But... There's so much more to the show than just the narrator. So much more. So much more. The amount of storytelling in this show <laughs> about an airport <laughs> is really incredible. The show like does prove my theory that like almost anything could be a TV show if you get into the weeds enough. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like a compelling, funny fascinating tv show yeah i really want you to watch the first season because there is some really good stuff with like the animal control people like mm. the animal customs people yeah who i haven't seen any of in the later seasons and oh, then I there's like a full episode of them oh really i haven't mm -hmm. gotten to that one yet then um but yeah, there's like this whole thing with a woman who's really upset about her cat not clearing customs because the vet in California isn't like returning their calls fast enough. <laughs> there's definitely like so many things that I haven't thought about. Oh my God. About airport infrastructure. So we, speaking of getting into the weeds, we're getting ahead of it a little bit. Yeah. So this show is like a documentary show about what it's like to work at Heathrow, basically. And so every episode, they pick a couple of, like, characters of, of the day. Yeah. And you follow them in their job. So they'll usually pick, like, three or four. And then they just, like, bounce back and forth and, like, follow through an entire scenario. Yeah. So, like, the first episode, the pilot episode, is air traffic control, the guy who, like, drives around and keeps the runway clean, the animal customs people... And someone else, I can't remember who. But they just, like, follow him around in a normal day. Yep. And the air traffic control part of it was very fun because they make a really big deal in the narration about how high stress mm -hmm. everything is at Heathrow because planes are landing every 40 seconds or whatever it is. Yep. And so it's, like, really a moment for them to amp up the drama and, like, really do some good airport propaganda. Mm. Yeah, this is, like, equal parts straight up advertising mm -hmm. <laughs> which like who knew an airport even needed that right and then also just it almost feels like it's it's really on the verge of being a parody of itself yes <laughs> yeah like where is like the office style yeah like sitcom spinoff we're, we're right there we're so close <laughs> <laughs> at any moment it could turn I feel like when they made the decision to start following repeat people, mm -hmm. that was where, like, the descent into mm -hmm. that style of show began. <laughs> so, I feel like the unless there's any, like, overarching things we want to address, I feel like the best way to give you a sense of what Heathrow Britain's busiest airport <laughs> is about is to just, like, shout out some of our faves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I think, like, the number one fave in our hearts is Demi. Everyone's favorite is Demi. Like, I think it's, like, so funny that Demi has become, like, the main character of the show. 
So he's a he's their like main customer service or customer passenger service something ps something i can't remember what the acronym is yeah um he basically wanders around as far as i know anyway (laughs) yeah he wanders around the airport looking for people in distress and then he helps them solve their problems (laughs) and gets on with his way and that's it that's like his whole job I must have told you this story like a million times, but I've told you the story of the time when I almost missed my plane in Heathrow. Yes. And I was like, I'm making this connection watching the show, but I was rescued by one of these people. Were you? I was. So I'll you Kelsey's heard the story. I'll tell it quickly for the podcast audience. <laughs> but I was flying home from Prague and it was a very bad travel day. It was like the worst travel story I have in my arsenal. <laughs> And I had, like, a half-hour layover in Heathrow before my next flight, but I had to switch between terminals because I was flying internationally and flying out internationally, and Mm -hmm. that was the whole thing. But Heathrow was also under construction at the time, so I had to do ground transport instead of whatever else they do. It was a whole thing. So I ended up running super late. I finally clear international security and discover that my plane is leaving in five minutes from gate 80. (laughs) which is the furthest end of the gates Mm because that's how numbers work so i've got all my carry-on bags and i'm like running through the airport at this point on like three hours of sleep in two days and i like started having basically a panic attack so i'm like sobbing and hyperventilating (laughs) and carrying my bags and like racing through the airport as fast as i can (laughs) and this dude in like the airport uniform walks up next to me and he's like can i help you and i was like no and he's like do you need anything i was like no i'm just trying to get to my plane (laughs) and he was like well what gate are you going to so i gave him my flight information and he called the gate on the radio Mm -hmm. and was like this passenger's on the way and i remember him being this like seven foot tall dude he was much taller than me and had super long legs and dude just fucking booked it down (laughs) like hallway at a million miles an hour like clearing people out of our way and he delivered me to the gate they held the door for me and as soon as like i was walking onto the plane and they closed the door behind me wow and all because of the passenger experience whatever they call them okay do we know for a fact it was not demi (laughs) i don't believe it was because I'm pretty sure the dude was super, super tall and lanky and blonde. Mm, okay. But I have had the thought, like, does he still work there? <laughs> <laughs> I did talk to my husband about, like, what if we went to Heathrow just to see if we could see Demi? Like, I read an interview with him that, like, people recognize him. And if he, I like, takes selfie with people. absolutely want a selfie with him. I don't want I a selfie with so actual endearing. famous people, but I want a selfie with Demi. <laughs> Plus, like, what strings do you have to pull to, like, be in Terminal 2 at the right time? Do you think people, like, fake... Uh, like issues just to get Demi to like help them (laughs) just so that they can be helped by Demi (laughs) I wouldn't it make it like so much harder to help people if you were like famous like that I mean I can't imagine that like this show is that prevalent that so many people (laughs) that's really fair talk about a niche audience (laughs) although now I do kind of want to know what the ratings are oh I mean, the thing about Demi is, like, he's really good under pressure. Yes. And he gets the job done. He knows everybody. All these people have, like, an encyclopedic 
contacts library in their work phones. It's amazing. They're just like, I'm going to call so-and-so. And and they just solve every problem. It's a good reminder of the importance of, like, maintaining professional relationships, even if you all work for the same organization, but then, like, especially if you don't. Because that's how all of these people, like, make it happen. Yeah. Is they just, like, call up the one person that they know who is usually stationed somewhere. Yeah. And they make it happen. They make it happen. Um, the thing that's funny to me thinking back to that story is I think about that guy all the time. <laughs> like, that was such a, like, monumental moment in my life. And watching the show, I was like, wow, he didn't even remember that by the end of his day. Nope. There is no way that cracked the top ten of most interesting things that happened to him at work that day. Nope. Not at all. <laughs> Not even a little bit. <laughs> um yeah so there's like a handful of those customer experience people that you meet um there's one guy who's like a little more casual than demi i would say and he reminds me of staff who you don't know from staff (laughs) (laughs) because they have a similar like accent and um a similar persona and it's like just like we're one step away from being a parody this guy is like one step away from being staff (laughs) and if you know you know what that means but like (laughs) he's just like really enthusiastic about his job (laughs) and really um i don't even know how to describe it but if you know you know that's what i'm gonna say about staff yeah yeah (laughs) Um, but I, I really need to talk about Airside Rachel. Do you know Airside Rachel? I don't know. You've mentioned that name before. Airside Rachel is the narc of Britain's busiest airport. (laughs) Every airport needs one. She's the safety enforcer. (laughs) And so she's my favorite. She walks around or drives around the airport looking for safety hazards. (laughs) And then... She calls, she, like, gets people in trouble for (laughs) violating safety regulations, or she does, like, random vehicle stops to make sure that (laughs) that their cars I definitely don't think I've seen any of this. Was she involved in the incident with the broken security door? Have you seen this episode? Where the person goes into the the wrong door? No. Ugh. But staff, that was that was staff. That was him. What about the um there was also an incident with a broken window in one of the jetways and no one could figure out how it got shattered. Was no, she there? I didn't for that see one? that one. Anyway. You would know her. She's <laughs> okay. she's got blonde hair and like a no nonsense attitude. I have like a picture of who I think it might be. I just can't think of like I I also might just be thinking of one of the gate agents that they've profiled mm. a few times. Yeah, no, she's usually outside, if that helps. Oh, okay, okay. And she usually wears a a safety vest, obviously. Got it. (laughs) But you just know, like, every time she calls someone and you're on the receiving end of that call, you're like, oh, no. (laughs) Not Airside Rachel. (laughs) Like, FML. (laughs) One of my favorite things that they do, like, speaking of narcs, is whenever they do, like, a storyline about the people in the cargo Mm -hmm. areas like in the Mm -hmm. receiving yep 
because nine times out of ten, it's just people sifting through bags of clothes and finding a lot of cigarettes. <laughs> and they're, they'll, like, be sorting through something. They'll be like, oh, it's got a smell. And then they find the cigarettes and then they have to talk about how excited they were that they could smell tobacco. <laughs> Way more cigarette smuggling yeah. than I was aware of. That's wild. Um, yeah, speaking of rule following, uh, the there's a lady who does, not on the receiving of luggage, but on the, like, your carry-on luggage. Mm, like gate and checking? She, yeah. And she's, like, um, doing the, like, you have to fit your stuff in a certain size bag and you can't have any liquids. And she's so chatty (laughs) and i love her um she spends like one whole episode her whole plot is trying to there's this girl who's going for a photo shoot she's like a a model and so she's packed like a whole sephora store in her carry-on and oh i saw this one (laughs) and so she has to like sort her makeup and be like keep it or throw it keep it or throw it and she's like fitting as much as she can in this bag and like She's a pro. She fits more in that bag than anyone should be able to. <laughs> there was also one where there was a woman who was an event planner who was going to an event somewhere. And she had just put all of her event supplies in one of those luggage carts, but no bags to be seen. Oh, my God. And she couldn't, like, check any of it, obviously. And she was about to miss her flight, so she was in a panic. And I think it was a customer service person or whoever took her to one of the luggage stores in the airport and they just bought like all the luggage. And then she sat there with her and like packed the bags to make them like checkable. (laughs) (laughs) It was incredible. It was like luggage Tetris. And like she was putting in like vases and plastic bins and like these odd sized things. And she got it all like packed and shrink wrapped and the whole bit. That's amazing. Incredible stuff. Truly incredible stuff. (laughs) It's like, it's really wild. One of my favorite episodes, and this like underscores the thing that I enjoy about this show so much. Um, They were showing one of the engineers who works in baggage. Mm -hmm. And I think it was the baggage under Terminal 2, but I can't remember. Um, But they were talking about the conveyor belt that takes the baggage from the gates to where they end up going to gates. Yeah. And how there's this one part where they have to flip the bag from standing to laying on its side. Mm-hmm. And the way the belt works, it doesn't catch a certain number of bags. And then the bags like get trapped in this hole later, which, you know, takes time and delays planes and turns into a whole thing. So this one engineer who's like pretty green and like kind of young Decides he's going to figure out a way to solve this. (laughs) So he invents this, like, V-shaped mechanism, which there was already one on the belt, but he's, like, trying to improve it so that the bags have a higher rate of tipping over. Yeah. (laughs) So he, like, invents this thing to put inside the conveyor belt, and then he has to, like, test it, and they do all this footage of everyone, like, standing there silently (laughs) watching the bag come around the conveyor belt, and the bag goes over the thing and topples over, and everyone's like, yeah, and then, <laughs> and then they tested more bags, and they were like, "This new thing that he created now has like a whatever percent rate of topping over the bags." Oh my god! <laughs> and 
he's like, it's just so incredible to think that something I made as part of Heathrow Airport. <laughs> and it's just like, this is part of what I love about watching Demi in action, too, is it's all these people just having these mundane professional wins that mean nothing to anyone outside of work. But, you know, to them that like felt really good. <laughs> it's like we were when we watched it we were trying to like understand like is this a I don't think it is but like it, culturally like are they just all really enthusiastic about their jobs or like are they just finding the right people or like I think what some is both happening? probably I mean because I, I think I would say that I like my job but I'm not overly passionate but I still have those moments mm -hmm. you know where it's like this really mundane thing fell into place and it feels like a huge victory and I I don't I think just like if the moment's right it makes for good television <laughs> <laughs> The only place you have to put it is our work related slack <laughs> It's not quite the same outlet as a television show <laughs> We we watched one about the, I've only seen the like post pandemic or during pandemic uh, seasons and there was one about um, because all of the like major airlines had reduced their capacity there was opportunity for like new little regional airlines to start flying out of Heathrow and so there there was one whole segment about this little regional airline that flew out like twice a day or something <laughs> to one of the islands like not that far away and they had three employees that worked at the gate <laughs> and so it was like the the check-in person and then like a some customer service type person and then there was like and one sort of like engineering person I think and that was it and so they were like so proud of their little like airlines representation in the airport and they would like keep checking in with the gate agent to be like do we have any more people on today's <laughs> flight or like how many do we have checked in now and they were like so excited and then oh. the plane comes in and they get delayed for a little bit and so they're talking to their like pilot and it was just a very little close-knit group and then the plane takes off and they all come out to the runway and wave oh <laughs> like, is this real there was an episode that they did about, I think it was Japan Airlines or some Japanese carrier where all of the gate agents came out and like said goodbye to the plane too. <laughs> I'm like, is this for TV or is this what they do? Right, right. <laughs> I kind of hope it's what they do. That would be so cute. Um, Someone who definitely it's what they do though. Do you know Airside Ian? No. Oh my god. So this is he's the person who's like the most on the verge of being like the Michael Scott of <laughs> Britain's busiest airport. So he he's another like outdoor person and he has a couple different jobs, but he always wears short shorts, <laughs> which is a vibe. He's like 60, maybe 55, 60. He's uh -huh. got short shorts. Um, he has a mug that says Airside Ian and has this picture on it. <laughs> Wait, is he the one who is also like a plane spotter? Yes. Oh, then yes, I know all about him. Yes. <laughs> yes. He, his job is like keeping, he's one of the guys who keeps the runway like maintained, right? Yeah, he's like always chasing after birds. Yes. And he yeah. uses like all these different guns to keep birds off the runway. So yep. he's like this like macho guy who loves to shoot guns. <laughs> 
also wears short shorts and also is a like plane spotter on the side so every time he's doing anything he has to go and take his like separate digital camera out and go shoot a picture of the planes for his instagram i i honestly can't believe that that's like allowed under their hr policy i watched him pull his camera out the first time they i saw it and i was like how is that okay i and i was like worried about him i was like i don't want him to get in trouble (laughs) clearly he's fine (laughs) clearly (laughs) but like i'm so happy for him that he found a job that's compatible with his hobby right it's just amazing (laughs) he's just like yeah i'm gonna help this plane like pull into its docking station then i'm gonna snap a quick pic (laughs) it's like what like you must feel it must be like like being around celebrities i know you know yeah it's wild. And then, like, there's a whole community of, like, plane spotters who just come to the airport, which is also absolutely wild. See, I already knew about plane spotters because I live near an airport. True. And, like, it's a small, like, a very small municipal mm-hmm. airport. So we don't get, like, that many interesting planes, but we have um, an Air Force base at our airport. So, yep. like, we have some historic military planes that are around. And then, like, we have, like, the F-35s and stuff. Um, so yeah, we, plane spotters have always been a thing and pre, it's been off and on since 9-11, but pre-COVID we had like an observation tower Mm. at the airport where you could go and just watch the runway, um, that was not behind TSA. Mm. It's been closed for some time now and it, it, there used to be a lot more access. Like there used to be a restaurant in the airport that you could go to without a boarding pass and like sit and watch the, the runway. And yep. you used to be able to park like at the fence right mm-hmm. by the runway. Mm-hmm. And they took that away after 9-11. But anyway, all of that to say, plane spotters are a thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, it's so blown away by how like how that plays out at a bigger airport. Cause it never yeah. occurred to me that it, cause like, Big airports are not accessible to the public. <laughs> right. But they get close enough that they, like, know all the runways. Uh-huh. And, like, know the best vantage points for each of the runways. Right. And it's just, like, impressive. An impressive knowledge base. Yeah. And, like, who knew we would be so topical with mm-hmm. Big Jet TV having a moment <laughs> on Twitter like a week ago that I somehow missed that Kirstie missed and I was like panicked about <laughs> I missed it by like a full 48 hours I was like really dropping the ball <laughs> we so there's a whole episode in the season I watched about the Big Jet TV guy yeah and he goes and stands out in like a cow field and he live streams and he's got like subscribers and it's like his his full-time income Yep. And so literally like days after I watched this, Big Jet TV is making is the rounds on Twitter because of the big storm at Heathrow and um like the planes couldn't land because it was so windy, so he's like doing live commentary of all these planes like wobbling their way to the runway. <laughs> and I just felt like I I was in on it cuz we watched Heathrow, Britain's busiest airport. <laughs> I the I the good news about that is that even though he live streamed it, he still has it on his YouTube. So like I've been watching it in bits and pieces as I've had the time, and it is really fun to watch the Jets wobble. It's so fun. 
It's not as fun to be on them, I'm no. sure, but like No. No. <laughs> um Yeah, it was great. And uh what was I gonna say about that? I lost my train of thought. But I was very upset that you weren't active in the moment. I know, I I like, like must have completely not been on Twitter at all that day, because there's no way the internet has figured out that I have an interest in infrastructure. <laughs> So I'm getting, like, the most unhinged stuff in my mm-hmm. algorithm, and there's just no way that Twitter would not have thought to tell me about Big Jet TV. No. Absolutely The amount not. of stuff in my algorithm right now about, like, on Facebook in particular, with maps of different airspaces <laughs> in the last two weeks, like, uh-huh. <laughs> I don't uh-huh. know why Facebook thinks I want this, but <laughs> Facebook really <laughs> thinks I want this. <laughs> I mean, are they wrong? No, I look at the maps every time. (laughs) (laughs) That's my feed, but it's like dogs becoming friends with literally any other animal or other dogs. My every so Facebook is constantly trying to figure out what I'm gonna like, and it swings wildly, mm-hmm. um, and it goes through rescue dog phases. But yeah. it will, similar to yours, choosing dogs that make friends with anything, it'll choose a particular dog narrative. So it'll yeah. be like, yeah, dog rescued from the side of the road for two weeks. Yeah, or like dogs and cats for yep. like two weeks. Yep. <laughs> Anyway. Um, anyway, any other thoughts? No, I think the like mundane workplace wins in this show like scratch the same itch for me as the like workplace camaraderie component of Below Deck. Yes. That's like the overlap with my general interests, I would say. Yes. So if you like something that's like low stakes but enough stakes, yeah. like it stakes for somebody but like not definitely not stakes for everybody yeah then like this is a really good like happy place for that yeah this and is... also i think anyone who's ever traveled by plane especially if you've done it enough times to like have had a few different weird things happen to you like you can really get into it <laughs> Yeah, I think this also shares some DNA with um, the biggest little railway in the world Mm -hmm. (laughs) in the like enthusiast category. Yep, (laughs) for sure. And the like, again, like low stakes, high stakes. (laughs) Yeah. Getting back to your point about whether or not it's just people who are good on TV or everybody at Heathrow genuinely being this passionate, it reminds me... (laughs) I'm going to out myself here. It reminds me of the way that mail carriers talk about <laughs> working for the post office. Oh, no. Which, if any of you out there have ever known a mail carrier or any other employee of the USPS, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, my God. But you're right. It's like that, like, getting into the weeds of it and just, like, taking so much pride in the fact that you have insider knowledge about this incredibly specific thing that people interact with, but don't understand. Yeah. Yes. I think that's a hundred percent correct. Yeah. Now that you're saying that. Yeah. It is something about like a mundane accessible thing, 
that still has a lot of like infrastructure that no one knows about. <laughs> yeah, like you're not even if you fly a lot, you're not thinking about all of the parts of the airport, but there are armies of people at the airport who have to think about yeah levels of granularity that are frankly beyond anyone's comprehension yeah (laughs) (laughs) the exact shape of a mechanism that will tip the suitcase over on on the i think the tip rate on the previous mechanism was like 75 percent or something and they were like Bags have to go through every number of seconds, and so if a bag doesn't tip over and then gets stuck, you lose this many of seconds oh my God. per bag, which means that this number of bags miss this number of flights. Yep. <laughs> and wild. anyone who's ever had a bag not arrive on their plane mm-hmm. with them knows what that's like. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> oh, man. So yeah, I don't know how to tell anyone to access this. Sometimes it's on YouTube, sometimes it isn't. Yeah, we've had really hit or miss experiences helping people find it. Um, It's on ITV. Yes. In the UK. One season. What? (laughs) One season. One season is. For a long time, they had a lot of it on YouTube. Not all of it, but like seasons one, two, and like six. Yeah. And then I had found some elsewhere but i was i know people who have like britbox and like other things that access other uk television and they could not access it through those mechanisms no so i don't know how you find it but it's out there and i think with enough will and determination you will find it although important note it is not to be confused with a show by a similar name that's about british airways <laughs> don't make that mistake Wow, on that note, um, if you've enjoyed this, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We would really love that. (laughs) Um, If you would like to just talk to us instead of leaving us a review, you can tweet to us at HateWatchWithUs. You can send us an email to HateWatchWithUs at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website, HateWatchWithUs.com, where there's some sort of contact functionality in there. And if you would like more content from us and you haven't listened to the Everwood Pinecast yet, we highly, highly recommend that you go check that out. If you just search Everwood Pod- Pinecast or podcast, I suppose, wherever <laughs> you're listening. And we have two seasons out and we're going to start working on season three soon. So if you like that good, good 2000s WB content, <laughs> it's there for you. Very little airplane infrastructure involved in that podcast. Yeah, unfortunately. For better or for worse. <laughs> um, we are also members of the Thought Bubble Audio Network, which is the infrastructure that backs our podcast. <laughs> and you can find them over at Thought Bubble FM on Twitter, thoughtbubbleaudio.com, or you can send them an email at thoughtbubbleaudio at gmail.com. And uh, because all podcasts require infrastructure, they also have a Patreon, which is the financial infrastructure that keeps the podcasts here um (laughs) the metaphor fell apart (laughs) but you can search for them on patreon their thought bubble audio yeah yeah all right well we'll we love infrastructure yeah
Send us all your infrastructure shows. We'll watch every single one. If you watch. know of more infrastructure television, could you please let us know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because for some weird reason, I really need it. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>